I've been muted this entire time. I'm an idiot. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Suns in four. Suns in four. It is complete. The Suns have now swept the Denver Nuggets and are on their way to the Western Conference Finals as we prepare to break down this show on the Suns Jam Session and Solar Panel Podcast. I welcome, as per usual, both Saul Bookman and Espo. Uh, how are we doing tonight, fellas? Another victory for the Suns. I'm getting ready for some quick cleaning because that's what we call a sweep, ladies and gentlemen. Bust out the brooms. You've been thinking about that one all day, haven't you? Oh, of course. You know me, Saul. I have nothing better to do. Lines that Espo comes up with right after a win is just... It's they're legendary, ladies and gentlemen. They're legendary. We welcome everybody who is joining us to the Suns Jam Session and the Solar Panel Podcast. We are coming to you live from the Four Peaks Brewery in Tempe, Arizona. So we do apologize for any and all of our technical difficulties because we know they're going to happen. It's you know we're we're live and on location. Shit happens. We just you know champions adjust just like the Phoenix Suns did tonight as they defeat the Denver Nuggets by a final score of 125 to 118. The most points that they've given up in the playoffs thus far, but you know what? doesn't matter. We're headed to the Western Conference Finals, baby! Man, you hit new levels of of high there. You went lissy on that one. And then he muted me to to begin the show, so I haven't even said a word yet. And and I'm I'm sitting here making fun of you, but you can only hear me verbally, so... uh, (laughs) We, we're all taking we're all taking L's tonight, like the Nuggets. The Suns are not. We're on to the Western Conference Finals. Let's go. I, I prefer you muted, so it worked out all right for me. So and I listen, think I think there's something behind you right now. That, oh my gosh! Bring it in, Trevor, the GM from Four Peaks. Bring it in the, the broom. We have swept it. He's sweeping the floor. Start sweeping it, baby. Woo! Yeah. Let's go, Suns. Thank you ever so much, Trevor. We appreciate that. And Saul, just so you know, you weren't muted. I just muted it when Espo was talking because you hadn't muted yourself. And I want to make sure that we have no reverb for our listeners. So if you are buying or if you are are with us, like Walter Lazo, he's buying drinks tonight, baby, giving us $4 in the super chat. We truly appreciate it. Uh, Chugging with the fellas. That's a thing tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So let's just kind of get a little crazy, if you will. If you've got a beer in front of you, we chugging with the fellas. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Chugging with the fellas, ladies and gentlemen. That is such good audio. That is such good audio for everybody who is listening. But on that note, we are going to bring on the podcast. We're going to talk about this win over the Denver Nuggets. And then we're going to look forward to the Western Conference Finals, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you again for for joining us. And uh, let's go Suns, baby. Down with Denver. Let's go Suns. Everybody knows that we're going out of run. Nugs too fake, get a made a fool's goal. Come to the valley, y'all about to get rolled. Squad too strong, too far, too bold. When you face that heat, your team gonna fall. Saints of the Oracle, story foretold. We ain't buying, we a franchise soul. Champion dreams, better put them all hold. Cause the sun's too hot and your team too cold. Joker is a joke, make me go. Ha ha! Media talk all day. Oh man. Joker make me go. Ha ha. Wasn't that a interesting moment in this game? When Nikola Jokic, the MVP of the league, gets tossed with three minutes left in the third quarter, Espo, uh, what do you think? Was that a flagrant? Oh, yeah. I mean, the windup, it looked like the intention was to hurt Cameron Payne. If Payne hadn't slightly turned, 
I don't think he gets any ball on that play. It was obviously the the culmination of all the frustration in these four games for the Joker, and he just lost it. And my favorite part of all that was Devin Booker deciding, you know what, not just Batman can fight the Joker, so can I, and I'm going to go right toe-to-toe with him. And I loved it. It was it was what you want to see from your leader, Devin Booker, showing that edge. He and Chris Paul closed it out. It, it was a thing of beauty out there in Denver tonight. No, I totally agree. You know, again, you can't make a foul like that, especially when you're you got a team on your side. With, I'm talking about the Joker that is desperate, and you know things could get out of hand quickly. And the way he just wound up and swiped. That's the reason why I believe the refs ejected it. Now, do I agree with it? Probably not. Like, it was borderline, but you can't leave it up to the refs in that situation. I think Joker would tell you that, you know, he was just frustrated. And that's part of this this evaluation for the refs is, you know, the frustration, the stress, and, and then the ultimate wind-up and, and throw. And, and then, obviously, campaign sold it very well. Well, and you know, like to your point, Saul, the refs and the review refs are looking at it and going, all right, this could get massively out of hand if we don't take steps here. If we let this kind of physical play go, we will see more of it. And that is a recipe for disaster when you've got a team on the verge of being swept. So I think the refs did the right thing. But it is very weird being on this side of, of calls like that in the playoffs. It is a non-Phoenix thing. Most of this run has felt like it, especially seeing defense uh, the way we have. I'm excited, boys, because this is something I don't think we've seen in the way it's going down in Phoenix history. I might be on the other side of it where I don't think it was necessarily a flagrant two. I definitely think it was a flagrant one. Uh, But I get what Espo's saying there. You know, this was a game that was starting to get emotional. It was starting to get chippy. Their backs were uh, were against the wall for the Denver Nuggets, and they were trying, you know, an effort – and, you know, we're watching this game here at Four Peaks. Sun's in Four Peaks. Uh, somebody called that out in the chat. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, but we're watching this game with some of our friends, the Fanning the Flames guys, both Paul and Justin, with uh, Daniel Duarte from the Coast to Coast pod. And we were talking about how it was kind of some bully ball that Jokic tried to pull out. You know, up to that point in the game, he was having a positive impact. You know, he had 22 points and 11 rebounds up to that point prior to being ejected. And then... He was just frustrated. His team just couldn't put it together. And all of a sudden, he's slapping the ball in an aggressive manner that happened to catch the, you know, his forearm against the nose of campaign. He goes down, flagrant two, he's out. And I think at that point, we all figured that this could be a victory for the Suns. But credit those Denver Nuggets. They still fought. They still put together a 28-point quarter and a 35-point quarter in the fourth. There is a total in this series of only three quarters in which the Denver Nuggets won the quarter. They won game one, quarter two, game three, quarter two, and the fourth quarter of tonight. They had the ability to try to push forth without their MVP and make a, 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 fi- a final valiant effort. Ultimately, they failed. I think that's fake hustle. <laughs> I'm just going to say that's fake hustle. I don't give a <laughs> shit about any of that. Like, they finally turned it on in the fourth quarter when they realized, like, where were you for the other 13 quarters in this series? Bruh, I'm not even trying to hear it, man. Bye, Nuggets. Well, I love their fans, too. They got super jacked every time they were within five. So, good on you. But, not you know, look, 
Lissy isn't here, so I feel like I have to have to be the one to carry this torch. Do it. That you know, it reminded me that the the Jokic play reminded me of back in elementary school when you play Nerf hoops and you just get frustrated with the dude that you're playing against and you just decide I'm going to hit him just because and you slug him. I mean, that's what it felt like for me. So I I just, uh, I thought that was kind of the way it was. Uh, I was in diapers back in those days. So, well, I'll say this, you know, Lissy's not here and Dave's not here, but you know, I, I feel it would only be right if we did one of these. Here's a stat for you. The Phoenix Suns have now won the most consecutive games ever in the playoffs for them, ever. You talk seven seconds or less. You talk those Cinderella Suns team back in 1976. You talk the 80s runs. You talk the Tom Chambers, the Barkley runs. No team has ever won seven consecutive games until this year, ladies and gentlemen, this year right now. You know, and, and there's one reason for that, guys. I we We talk about those legendary teams. But this team might be the best defensive team in Phoenix Suns history, period. And defense is what you can count on night after night if, if you just come to play. That's it. Defense is effort. Defense is a little bit of strategy, but it's mostly effort. Monty Williams has got this team locked in. Chris Paul's got this team locked in. And that's the reason why they're in the Western Conference Finals. That's the reason why they've got the longest streak in postseason history for the Suns franchise. Dude, I'm so excited. I know Suns fans out there are super excited. We made it to the Western Conference Finals, guys. We made it to the Western Conference Finals. And before the season, we all talked about, you know, it would be great if we were like a four, five, six seed. We were the second best team in the NBA. Probably could have been the best team in the NBA had we, you know, a couple things, you know, bounced our way. But we're looking at a potential Western Conference Finals against either the Utah Jazz, who we were 3-0 against, or the L.A. Clippers, who I just feel like are not playing their A game right now. And this Suns team is playing the best basketball of any team left out there. And after Kyrie went down today, guys, guys, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but there's a lot more out there possibly. The other side of hard might be absolutely fruitful for this uh, franchise. Eight, eight wins away. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but I totally agree. Things are, are laying out. I was talking to a good friend of mine who was here tonight, a guy I've known since we were five years old, and we were talking about is this is this the first time, is this the best path we've ever seen potential path to make what all of us have wanted to happen? And if Kyrie is out for any extended time, it very well may be. This feels different. Things like Jokic getting thrown out, Suns getting the calls, the seven straight wins that are the most in in franchise history in the playoffs, Chris Paul getting his first sweep in the playoffs. I mean, the Suns tonight also won their 140th uh, playoff victory in franchise history. Things start to feel like they're snowballing in your direction at some at some points in life, and it feels like that's what's going on here. And it's it's such a weird place to be in, but but in a in a good way, a good weird, a Matthew Lissy kind of weird. Good enough to to be around and be part of. So. I got to say, I mean, I know there's a swear jar out there somewhere. What the fuck is happening, ladies and gentlemen? Like, the Suns just swept the Nuggets. Now, I get it. Everything was stacked against this Nuggets team. Okay, Jamal Murray's not playing. Michael Porter Jr., after the first half of the first game, has a back issue that he doesn't fully recover from. Because don't get me wrong, in the first half of that game, he looked dangerous. 
He really did. He's an elite scorer, and he will continue to be the elite scorer. You know, shout out to Matthew Lissy. He couldn't be with us tonight because he's not feeling too great. But he wrote a fantastic piece on brightsideofthesun.com talking about how Michael Porter Jr. is the future of the NBA relative to scoring. But he got hurt. And all these little things are starting to add up. And you know what? You have to beat the team that's in front of you. I have a lot of Lakers friends in my life. You know, and I hear the AD was hurt. You know what? I could go back through years and years and years. And I've documented on brightsideofthesun.com the years of Lakers history where we've had the disadvantage due to injuries. And it, it continues. And we have a long way to go. We're halfway there, Suns fans. You need 16 to get to the championship. We're at eight now. We've hit eight. We got, we got eight more to go. But you know what? Sweeping this series, knowing that, you know, like Espo said, you know, going into full-on Cobra Kai sweep-the-leg mentality, the Suns did that entering this game, and ultimately they came out victorious. And uh, I'm just enjoying these beers, man. This is a good look, time. Look, I, I do not want to hear any other team, any other fan base bring up injuries or luck or any of this crap, because as Suns fans for 53 years, we've been on the short end of that stick, all right? We've dealt with that for far too long, and the fact that it's going in our direction for once, just shut it. And if any Lakers fans say it, that is the most disingenuous crap I have ever heard. There is not a franchise that's got a shoe, or, you know, a horseshoe stuck further up their ass than the oh, Lakers shit. have. No all right? shit. All Amen. Right? They got I Magic not, Johnson when they shouldn't have. I, look, you know, I just, I do not want to ever hear any team like that complain. You know what? I, I, I get it. There's tough roads for everybody, but the Suns have come a long way. And knock on wood, there's still a long way to go. So we, we might experience something. But these first eight games, Suns fans deserve this. They they Everybody deserves this in Phoenix right now. You think the Toronto Raptors fans are sitting back thinking, man, you know what? You and I were talking about this a little while ago, Voida, about Toronto Raptors fans after they won the NBA championship, even though KD – and Clay were hurt. Do you think they sit there and be like, man, you know, it would have been really great if, if they would have uh, played so that way, you know, it would have been a little bit closer. No, they're celebrating the hell out of that championship. I don't give a shit who's hurt. I don't care. It's not our problem. And Chris Paul was hurt, and we got through it, and we found a way. And so the Lakers didn't. We did. The Nuggets didn't. We did, and we continue to persevere. And, uh, you know, I'm going to knock on wood that nothing happens in the future. We got eight more left to go. I'm just going to say this to everybody else. We got to enjoy every single moment of this because it's been so, so long. But that's what champions do. They overcome things. If you want to be a title contender, you have to overcome whatever's put in front of you. And the Suns have done that. And, and that's what's been so damn special about it. I mean, of course it would take a 100-year pandemic for this team to find a way to find magic, right? In one of the weirdest 18 months uh, of any of our lives, we've seen them go 8-0 in the bubble, find a way to be second in the West, and then find a way to have a magical playoff run like they have. I guess the basketball gods are on, on the Suns' side right now because, in part, we got one of their own in the point god right now. And I feel happy for that guy. You saw it. He, he hit that bucket late in the fourth and was just screaming, let's go, guys, right? Let's go. And then after the game, they show him, and he's hugging people. He's hugging his family that's in the stands. This means something to Chris Paul more than I think I've ever seen him in a playoffs. And that's – he's locked in. 
It's because he knows. He knows. He, he's at the end. He's at the tail end of his career. Even though he looks like he's playing like he's thirty, right? He, he's looking as good as ever. But he's at the tail end of his career. You know, you got to figure he's got about four or five years left. Um, and he knows that the, this is probably the last best opportunity he has to win a championship. Hopefully he has more coming up with the Suns, but this is it. Like you see the road. And I think there's so many times when we go into the playoffs, we're like, man, I hope we don't run into X team or I hope we don't run into this team. Right now, as it stands, there's not really a team out there that you fear, especially with the whole Nets thing going on. And this is the best road that the Suns have to a championship since the seven seconds or less days before Diaw and Sotomayor get thrown out for game six. It's right there for them. It's right there for them. I just, it's, it's exciting. And, and I'm going to pump the brakes right now. There's, you still got you still got to realign yourself because this Nugget series kind of got a little sloppy. The Nuggets weren't as good as they should have been or could have been. And so you have to reevaluate yourself and get ready for a Utah Jazz team that's just as good defensively as you and and for potentially a Clippers team that's just as good uh, offensively as you. So you need to be prepared for either one. Before we start talking about what's in the road ahead, let's let's take a look back a little bit tonight at a few things. I want to give Jay Crowder some major props. His defense tonight was unbelievable. He came through, I believe he had five blocks. Uh, I, I don't have the stat sheet right in front of me, but I believe it was five blocks tonight. Four? All right. So, well, his, his, his four, his four tonight, uh, it was four, not five, were spectacular. I mean, he came through big defensively for this team on a team where a lot of guys come through big defensively, but Jay was particularly, uh, particularly great tonight. DeAndre Ayton, I know we'll get to our favorite segment on the show, which I'm going to miss dramatically when we go back solo. We're going to steal it. It's going to be DeAndre watch when we do it, so it won't be the same. <laughs> uh, no, but I, look, I, even he came through fantastically on defense overall. Uh, just that that side of the ball continues to, I won't say surprise me because I've done it all year, but continually impressed me, especially during these playoffs. Well, and, you know, real quick, you know, as as – we look at this game and we try to dissect what happened in game four because there were a lot of adjustments. And I think that's very key to note how the Suns adjust to adjustments. You know, you talk about a championship pedigree and you talk about what it takes to win. And there's an old saying for any of you who have been friends of mine for a very long, long time, going back to my beer pong days, there's two words. I used to always say champions adjust and it's applicable to beer pong and it's applicable to life and it's applicable to sport and the Suns did that again in this series, and they continue to do it. Uh, but I just want to give a shout-out real quick to Tim Tompkins in the chat. He says, love the dual pod stuff. Y'all been bringing it since uh, it's just like this team. Go Suns. You know, Tim was part of the Sun solar panel uh, prior to Saul coming on. And, you know, shout-out to Tim for continuing to share his passion and his love for this team. We love you, Tim, and we uh, we wish you were here at Four Peaks with us with shitty Wi-Fi and, uh, and beers a-flowing. So, Timmy T, we – we love you, but we don't want to see you in summer league, man. Our livers can't take it. So, but we we do miss you. And thanks for showing up in the chat, brother. Just just know that the summer league uh, stories were flowing tonight as we were watching this game. It's scary. Hey, I, it's scary. I, honestly, I gotta give a shout out to Tim as well because it, had he not left, 
um, then I would not be a part of this podcast uh, and part of this moment right now. And I'm sorry, Tim, but you took the wrong year off. <laughs> and it's paid dividends to me. I will say that. So thank you, sir. I appreciate you. I hope someone is treating you well. Tim Tompkins' podcast career died for this, gentlemen. Yes, And it we did. thank yes, him. We did. salute you. But but to Espo's point, to the defense that the Suns played tonight, again, you know, you look at the overall numbers and they end with 118 points given up. But early in the game, it was their defensive intensity on the uh, blocking end, on the defense, you know, just the way that they attacked that Denver team trying to make adjustments because that's what they did tonight. You know, we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast. What adjustments are they going to make? And Michael Malone made those adjustments. He started. Uh, Monte Morris and Will Barton over Compazzo and Rivers in an effort to just try to create not only offensive firepower, but some defensive length. And I think that's one thing that they've been missing, minching, minching, missing. But I will say this as well. I know that Compazzo, even though he was coming off the bench, uh, did he piss anyone else off tonight or am I the only one? Did he get his last few licks in before he died? I hate, I hate. I hate is a strong word, and I use it flowingly for for Composo. That guy got under my skin, just like uh, like people that played for the San Antonio Spurs back in the day. Uh, th- that guy is an irritant. He's like sand in your jock strap. He's he's you know he's like he's just like ow. I just don't want to deal with that guy. You know, Manscaped could take care of that. <laughs> Manscaped? Do they have a vacuum? I didn't know. They do for I, sand. I think it's part of that lawnmower 4.0 uh, promo. It just yes, gets rid of right of all the sand in the other You guys are all wrong because Composo is more like a Dyson because he sucks the most. Okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Composo. I'm glad he's gone. He's like Ginobili 2.0, and I'm glad he's going to be sitting his ass on the couch for the rest of the summer. Hey, it's, an, it's a tradition unlike any other. Suns fans hating Argentinians in the playoffs is just what happens when it comes to the Phoenix Suns making a run. So, fuck you, Compazzo. Uh, thank you. That is not a swear for kids. That's actually that's actually what what they call him in Denver. Thank you for uh, for keeping that tradition alive. Enjoy your summer. And shout out to uh, Hayden Schweiker in the chat. He says, "Does Manscape sell a broom?" Because you know that'd be pretty profitable right now for your Suns fans. Look, you uh, can you can manscape wherever you want right now because the mess is getting cleaned up with those brooms, baby. Well, so don't and, worry about it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, you, you know, it was a proper adjustment by Michael Malone. Again, Denver scored 119 points. They got 25 points from Will Barton in 39 minutes. They got 19 points from Monte uh, from Monte Morris. So that's a total of what 36 points from that starting back or 40, 46, if my math uh, serves me correctly. So the adjustment was the proper one to make for Michael Malone. He he needed to find some offense and some defense for that team and that and that starting five. But then you look at the other side of the ball, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Paul, thirty-seven points. Okay, I I I might pop early. I know that we normally do this at the back end, but. Jam star of the game. You know, I have the controls at my uh, at my computer here, and I'll say that I get I get to do the drops. Chris Paul is my my jam star of the game, and I know we're going to talk about Devin Booker, and I know we're going to talk about the impact that he had, and I know that we're going to talk about his thirty four points and the fact that in closeout games in his career, closeout games, 
with his 47 points against the Lakers and his total of 34 tonight, he averages 40.5 points per game in closeout games. But Chris Paul tonight with his 37 points, seven assists, every time the the Denver Nuggets made a push and got it down to two and got it down to five and got it down to three, it was Chris Paul who hit the midi, who hit the three, who forced the contact, who got the foul. I mean, the fact that he is our point guard and he is on our team is, again, I say unquantifiable. We can quantify it. It's $44 million a year, but it's worth every fucking penny. It's about to be $33 million for three years, uh, you know, $100 million over those three years, you know for sure. But, look, I- I've got I've to say this. Uh, I agree, CP3 is the guy. But if I'm going to give the manscaped uh, smooth baller, because obviously the Suns trimmed the nuggets real close in these four games, uh, and, and we've got Saul's lovely fiance sitting here, so I'm going to try to make this as uncomfortable as possible <laughs> as we make as we make manscaped jokes. She already cringed multiple times, but uh, no, but seriously, it's got to be the, the Joker, right? It's got to be got to be the MVP because the dude loses his cool in the third with three at three fifty left to go. And killed the Nuggets, any of the chance the Nuggets had left, I really feel like. When your MVP is is losing control so much that he gets himself thrown out, that's a moment where you, where the Nuggets players, even though they had the fake hustle that kept it close, had to go, this is done. This is done. So thank you, Nikola Jokic, for, uh, you know, for taking, a, taking an early leave and, uh, and deciding to be the MVP in this one. Uh, you know, he's jam star, smooth baller, whatever you want to call it. You're the man for helping Phoenix out tonight. I will say this, you know, just as we look back on this series, right, I think now's a good time to reflect, right? Um, I'm just so proud of how this team really came out at each and every single game and set the tone from the very beginning. Um, there wasn't I, – I, I don't know what the total minutes are in terms of how many minutes the Suns trailed in this series, but I'm going to wedge that it's probably less than 20 minutes total. And uh, that's, I mean, that's just a recipe for domination. And that's exactly what the Suns did on both sides of the ball. It's just, it's fantastic to watch this team and really watch the progression starting last year in the bubble, getting all the way to this point. And really, this is going to sound so damn cheesy, but kind of making our dreams come true, right? Like we, we all hoped that what we saw in the bubble was going to pay off to this level. And it is, and it is. And, there's so many times where you, you hype up the Suns or you feel like, okay, this is the year, this is the year. And we've all felt utter disappointment. Uh, and, and this is just not one of those years. And it's so, it's so refreshing. And it, and it kind of reinvigorates your spirit and uh, makes you feel thankful to be a Suns fan. Well, look, look, the Suns grabbed the MVP by the short ones. They grabbed the Nuggets by the short ones. If you want short ones, head to manscaped.com. Uh, use the code FLAMINGBALLERS. Get 20% off your lawnmower. 4.0 and free shipping. That's uh, Fleming Ballers is the code. But uh, they grabbed they grabbed them by the short ones and they didn't let go. Right? It's only it's the first time since 1989 the MVP has been swept in the playoffs. I believe it's only the sixth time yes. an MVP has been swept in the playoffs in NBA history. So I mean, and he didn't wind up actually being. Uh, you know, it didn't even seem like he wanted being a factor in this one. Even though he had big stat lines, Aiton held him when he was one-on-one with him defensively to a point where it did not seem like it was such a big deal. 
2021. DeAndre Watch 2022 on Suns. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to re- <laughs> copyrighted by the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, real quick, a shout out to one of our elite jamsters slash flaming ballers who donated in the super chat. Uh, $40. We, we applaud you. We thank you. That allows us to put on this quality content. Uh, I don't think that even covers the amount of beers you've chugged this season. No, no. And, and many more to go, hopefully. Many more to go. But he said another amazing game. When, uh, when, do you, when do you think of how this season has gone? It has been an incredible ride so far. 4-0. Let's go get another series soon. And we also have uh, Parker in the chat. He says, beautiful. Jamstar should be Monty. He does coaching just right. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, the first Phoenix Suns tandem to score 30 points apiece in a playoff game since Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. So hey, those guys carried carried the torch for this franchise for basically this whole season. Uh, but DeAndre carried the torch on the defensive side of the ball. And it's and if for everything Chris Paul is on the offensive end in terms of pacing everybody and pacing this offense, DeAndre is the same very thing on the defensive the side of the ball. <laughs> I was very afraid that was going to be the lift. You came awkwardly close there, buddy. That's For those of you who are listening versus uh, watching, Justin from Fanny the Flames came up and gave us all a kiss on the cheek, one at a one, as he as he said goodbye. He, he but, came very close to statting us. I was a little afraid, all right? <laughs> but DeAndre Ayton tonight, you know, uh, another quality performance from him. He ends the night with 12 points and seven rebounds. And we've talked about this this entire series and this entire playoff run. You know, the box score isn't necessarily where you see the productivity of DeAndre Ayton. What was the loudest point in the bar tonight, gentlemen? Gentlemen? DeAndre's dunk. DeAndre's dunk, exactly. His ability to play defense, to switch, to have the uh, the wherewithal to provide shot deterrence for his team defensively leads to offensive things that don't involve him. But every now and then he gets rewarded for what he's done. Every now and then he gets the the, the carrot that they've been uh, holding in front of him, and he put forth a dunk tonight that brought the house down again. Twelve and seven, not not the greatest thing. If this was a Tuesday against the Cavs, we would have been pissed. But you know what? This is Game Four of the Western Conference Semifinals, and we won. And his efforts again should be commended. That dunk, how appropriate was it that the series basically ended? on a DeAndre Ayton dunk that was so powerful it shook the basket. That probably should shut up a lot of people that complained about that throughout the year, I imagine. You know, the one stat that nobody ever accounts for is the missed field goals because of DeAndre Ayton's defense. And that is exactly where he pays off. Dude, you know, I've been on the DA bandwagon basically my entire existence uh, ever Me since too. I've known this. That's, that's why I have an Ayton watch. He, he ever is, since I've seen he's been so on Ayton. He was cheering when he was conceived. That's how long yes, that Saul's yes, been on, on the yes. Aiton bandwagon. You U of A guys, I swear to I God. Was, I was in the room. I saw it happen. Um, <laughs> hey, yo. But DA has just been, he's been fantastic. And the, and the thing about it is, is, for as much as this guy gets picked on about sometimes his quirkiness and his little oddities, right? He's a great interview. He's a great young man. And I wish people would stop confusing that for a lack of intensity. He's in position. He's where he's supposed to be. He does the things that they ask him to do without clamoring for the credit that is due for a superstar that's picked number one overall. 
DeAndre Ayton, to me, was the best player in this series, and I do not care about the offensive side of the ball. Defensive player of the series is what I'm talking about. What, what, is, what is wrong with a person showing joy in their job, enjoying what they do, truly having joy about something? I just – I don't get why that's problematic to some people that, that he has, he just doesn't, doesn't get angry enough and, and like showing joy the other night when he watches, when he, <laughs> when he was, when he was uh, looking at the box score in the post game press conference and winds up, winds up saying Jokic had 30 and 20, like, wow. And like when they ask him the follow up and they say, you know, well, do you feel you played good defense? I believe it was our friend Gene Mizell that asked that, that question, and he goes, well, I tried my best. You know what? I, to me, that shows egoless guy, right? Isn't that what you want from a teammate? A guy that's just going to go out there, do his part, enjoy it, and be classy about it? You know, when I, when I was down at the U of A, DeAndre Aiden was the best player on that court every single night, and he never, ever ever, ever talked about himself. Always about his teammates. His teammates found him. His teammates put him in the right position. Coach did this and this. It was always about the team. DeAndre has the exact same thing here. And it's beautiful to watch. And people need to appreciate it because he's a young man with a bright, bright future. He's only 22, soon to be 23. And I cannot believe the way he has been playing this year defensively. Uh, Aiden Watch. I mean, what a great way to, to close out the semifinals. And, hey, bigger things in store for him, especially as we head to the Western Conference Finals. And it was the perfect performance by DA. It was the perfect, you know, epitome. This series, again, you know, you're taking on the MVP. You have this guy getting his trophy in his home court. And you win the series. You walk away. You know, he is the perfect number one pick. You look at the history of the number one pick in the NBA, and those are guys who need the ball. They need the attention. They need the touches. They and, and he's fallen in line with how this Suns basketball team needs to play. And, you know, I Aiden Watch will continue, thankfully, because we're going to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, shout out to Dan Duarte, who was just right behind me real quick. Uh, it was him and Flex on the Coast to Coast podcast who were talking about how this team, the way that they mesh from a personality-wise, is absolutely vital to their success. And DA being a part of that as a number one pick, is uh, his humility, his ability to be the person who is just falls into his role, as so many people have. You know, Mikhail Bridges, fantastic in this game. Uh, everybody, fantastic in this game. You're totally right. Chemistry is key with this team. You feel it, the camaraderie, everything's going on. It's unbelievable what they've been able to accomplish. And I, it's funny because earlier today, I was looking back at, because I like to punish myself, right? Uh, it's it's what any good Catholic, Italian Catholic does yes, is he goes yes. back and he <laughs> and he punches himself, right? It, yeah, I mean, I'm Irish Catholic. Tennis. We do the I, same thing. I'm kind of like the 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 uh, the monk, the albino monk in uh, in uh, the Da Vinci Code. I, I whip myself because that's what you do. You have to flog yourself sometimes. So I was going back and looking at some of the some of the comments that uh, that people had about DeAndre Ayton earlier in the season. Some people were saying, should you trade him for Rashawn Holmes and uh, and uh, and uh, Bagley from, uh, <laughs> from Sacramento? Yeah, Sacramento. Like, like these are the kind of things that were legitimately going on at one point in this season. And you're right; 
if this were a Tuesday against any team in the NBA and somebody looks at the box score and goes 12 and 7, DeAndre Ayton didn't do anything. DeAndre Ayton is a bum. He could what he can't score 20 and grab 15? What he's worthless. And that's what that's what we heard so much this year. And without him, you're not at this spot. You replace him with with Cat or any of these other guys, you're not at this spot because what he brings defensively in the chemistry is key. Chris Paul is a large reason for that as well. Chris Paul is the one that's going to that, that has kept Da like, hey, understand this: you're not going to have the greatest nights sometimes, and it's going to be me booking all the love. But I promise you, you're the most important part of this defensive team, uh, and and Da's come through. I, I again. Uh, I could I could go on and on about DA because I'm just so proud of that damn kid, uh, and, and I'm excited to see where this is going to go. But uh, as we move forward, DeAndre Aiden is, is is if he's not the most important part, he's he's really damn close to the success of this team as we move forward. Especially when you when you look at the teams that are still left in this in the playoffs. You know you got Rudy Gobert, and then you have Kawhi and PG possibly, and then on the Eastern Conference you got Embiid. You got Giannis. You got KD. So there's a lot. I'm not even. I, I, I left out the Hawks, but you know, you know the Hawks, man. Trey and all that stuff. But Clint DA's Capella, fantastic. Hey, Clint Capella. There you go. Da's got his hands full moving forward. He's an important part. He's the reason why. And I said this at the beginning of the season. He will ultimately be the reason why the Suns make it to the playoffs at the time, or now win a championship. Well, we said that if he could be consistent in these playoffs, that that was going to be the key for this group. And he has, because defensively he has, and offensively he stepped up when they needed him to, when the Lakers were taking away things when it came to Booker and CP, or when CP3 was hurt, he stepped up offensively. This series, he took care of of the Joker and played toe-to-toe with him offensively in a lot of these games as well, which was what you needed out of him. He has been consistent throughout these playoffs, and and I could not be asking for more from him. Well, as we look forward in these playoffs, I'll give you one last statistic, okay? Uh, you know, we've been throwing a lot of stats around tonight. The Suns were 29 of 31 from the free throw line. Do you gentlemen know how many times this year the Suns shot 31 or more free throws? Zero. Zero. They shot 31 against Dallas in January and 31 against Houston in April. They both on both occasions they made 27 of 31. They were 29 of 31. So one of the weaknesses of the Suns as we look forward in this playoffs and as as we've commented on this team all year long is their ability to get to the free throw line. Well, guess what? When LeBron James is gone, when the theatrical Space Jam 2 star is gone. Chris Paul is the new king of trying to draw fouls. As we look forward into the playoffs, now we now we have some time. We've swept the Denver Nuggets. So I'm just going to honestly take a look around this table and ask you guys this question. Who do we want in the Western Conference Finals? Before you get to that, I just wanted to bring up the stat, and I think it's the stat of the night. Over the last three games, this is according to Vince Morata, over the last three games of this series, the Nuggets led for a total of one minute and 31 seconds. Well, there now, you that's go. some that... good stat. It, screw stat me, Dave. Stat me all night long, Vince. That's how good that one is, all right? That, that is an impressive – and that speaks to the defense. We're pounding the table here about the defense tonight. 
because that's why they were so good in this series, and they're going to need it the rest of the way. That's the only way they're going to get it done is if they play top-notch defense throughout the rest of the playoffs. Who do you guys want? Who do you want? Do you want the Clippers? Do you want the Jazz? Currently, it's a 2-1 series with the Jazz leading, but the Clippers winning last night and playing again tomorrow at 7 p.m. I mean, Suns fans, here's the luxury. For the next week, you get to sit back and try to watch this team, analyze this team. Who do you guys want? I don't – I'll say that I don't care. Don't okay. give me that I don't care. No, no, no. I have an opinion, but it it's not where, like – and I'll admit, I was I was afraid to take on the Lakers in the first round. That worried me. I was me. too. I was but too. Not, I was the same camp. So I wasn't. But and he'll remind us of that a million times. You know what? And and don't he, worry. And he's earned the re, he's earned the right to his, do so. His fiance is laughing over here because yeah. she knows that's how it goes. Don't do the LeBron fucking <laughs> double down pound yeah. chest. You're gonna you're gonna start throwing some some uh some pal- talcum powder in the air next. Yeah, but, lose some hair. But but my point is, my point is this: neither of these teams, it's not a I fear situation, right? I'd prefer the Clippers for the fact that when I look at the Jazz, I see a, a team that is very very much like the Suns, and that is concerning me for the one fact that. That means you don't have any distinct advantage against a group like that. And that's, that's what worries because they're very much, and I've joked about this, they're the Spider-Man meme of, of Western Conference teams, very much alike. And that, that, that worries me because it makes it, it's a wild card. It becomes fringe things that decide the series, and that's concerning to me. Well, I agree with Espo um, that the Jazz are a little concerning. I was long fearful of the Clippers, right? Because of the Kawhi factor, um, I'm not really scared of Pandemic P, so I'm not even going to mention him as a factor. But the Clippers have been a tough out and a tough matchup for the Suns all season for whatever reason. I actually think that if the Suns – I want to play the, the Jazz. And the reason why I want to play the Jazz are because they were the number one team in the Western Conference ultimately, and they are the number one seed. I want the Suns to prove that they are hands down the best team in the Western Conference. And, yes, while I agree with the Spider-Man meme, I think there's one discernible difference between the Jazz and us. The Jazz have Donovan Mitchell. We have Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And I think that duo trumps that single. And I think that's – and that's if – and Conley, to me, not a big factor as much as, as, as people want to give him credit for. He's not the same guy he was a long time ago. I just don't believe in Mike Conley the way some other people do. So that's where I think the backcourt will ultimately be the difference for the Phoenix Suns. I actually think that no matter who it comes out of the Western Conference, the Suns are, are going to match up very well, and they should perform great. But by, by the way, Brian in the chat brings up a great point. There's no reason to fear the Clippers when you've got Manscaped. So, Brian, thank you for, for figuring out a new way to bring in the sponsor on the show. We appreciate that. I, home court's nice, though. We've seen how much the Suns fans – can uh, can bring to the table and with if you play the clippers you're guaranteed four at home if it goes seven i don't want to play utah in utah for a game seven from for numerous reasons but uh you know that that i just that that's just not a place that i necessarily want to have to have a game seven but i don't think i don't think if we're talking the the suns right and, and the jazz i think that i think the suns can pull one out in utah I don't necessarily think Utah can pull one out in Phoenix. 
So we're not even talking about seven in that scenario. I'm talking about six, possibly. Well, you know, again, I, I respect both of your opinions very humbly, and I, of course, have my own. Uh, you look at the regular season. Okay, so on the surface, it looks like, okay, yeah, you want the Jazz. We were 3-0 and against the Jazz. We were 1-2 and against the Clippers. They were the one team in the uh, that, that was a winning team that we really had a problem with. And I, I, I'll get that argument, and that argument's going to come up a lot. So be prepared for that, Suns fans, over this next week as we watch the Western Conference semifinals uh, you know, play themselves out. That That's one thing that we will see. But... You know, just like the Denver Nuggets, it's a different story. We're in the postseason. The Denver Nuggets, we lost two out of three to in this in the regular season. Uh, you know, I, I've got Saul on one side. I've got Espo on the other. You know, Clippers, uh, Jazz, you know, and I agree with both of you where truthfully in my soul, and again, it scares me, I'm not afraid of either one of these teams. We are a team. Like, I, I said it before, say it again. I'm a Dodgers fan, Okay. Which means I hate the Giants. Stream, please. No. Which means I hate the Giants. But you know what? The Giants won three World Series in the past decade with pitching and defense, the two most important things to win a championship. And you can't knock that. The Suns play with scoring and defense. They have the defense, which is necessary to be successful in postseason play. So who who would I rather play? I'm going to be honest for for multiple reasons that I'll I'll break down right here. Uh, I want the Clippers. We get home court advantage against the Clippers, okay? When you go back and you look at our matchups against the Clippers this year, Paul George was insane from three-point. He was like 15 for 19 from deep in the games in which we lost. The one game in which we won, he wasn't nearly as effective. We know playoff P and all that stuff and everything that's going to go with that. Uh, We know that that series has a long way to go at 2-1, to and we might end up with the Jazz. If we get the Jazz, yeah, like I think we can beat them. The, the reason I'm more scared of them, and I wouldn't say scared, but I have less confidence against them, is the, is who they are as a team. They are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They have the fourth best offense and the third best defense. They attempt the most three-pointers made in the league, and they set a record this year with 16.7 made threes in the league. They make 16.7, almost 17 threes those are momentum changers we know what a three does we've seen phoenix fans you know we're not a team that is uh you know known for going deep all the time but when we do we have very timely threes so you look at how they are constructed that way now granted their interior game is you know 30th in the league they they attempt the worst amount only 45 two pointers a game but here's the other side of that argument this is why i can understand where saul's coming from and i can almost respect the fact that you know, th- think of DeAndre Ayton, okay? Goes up against Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond and everything that the Lakers have. Check mark. Goes up against the MVP, Nikolai Jokic, the first center to win MVP in over a decade. Check mark. If he has to play the Jazz, now he's got to play the defensive player of the year? Like, holy shit. Look, I just realized the reason I don't want to play the Clippers. You got to face another Morai, and that is just nuts. I, although it'd be nice to beat both of them in one playoff run, that would be that would be nice. But not Harding is such sweet sorrow. I, I, you know, somebody in the chat said, "Hey, we were all sweating it with the Lakers," and some people were. Saul, so don't even start. But some people were sweating it when it came came to the Lakers, and you can't worry about matchups. 
We've talked about this. You can only worry about going out there and taking care of what you can take care of. And this team has done that spectacularly throughout the playoffs. So either way, the Suns are in the Western Conference Finals, and they're the team that should be feared, right? But not by the media. The, the media no. won't fear them at all. But who cares? They give you 27 reasons why they'll lose, and I'm okay with but that. It's, it's like, it, it's like uh, Breaking Bad, right, in Heisenberg. I'm the one who knocks. That's the Phoenix Suns right now. They're, they're the guys, you know, they're, they're the rabbit holding the gun now. And you should probably start to be a little concerned about that if you're the rest of the NBA. I said this after game three, this Phoenix Suns are the best team left in the NBA. We lost all on that one. I don't know what happened. His Wi-Fi went out or maybe he needs to charge his iPhone. But I, I get the point that he's <laughs> saying we are the best team in the NBA. Yes. And I think that one thing that is, you know, no matter what lies by, ahead of us in the Western Conference Finals, both of those are good teams. They're quality teams. Am I right, Saul? Yes. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. My phone probably overheated or whatever. But, uh, yeah, they're the best team left in the playoffs. And, you know, as we move forward, that's the, those, are the, those are the teams that win NBA championships. You know, when Cleveland won it over the Warriors, they played, they played well as a group. And LeBron – and Kyrie kind of, you know, helped steer them the same direction, right? The Warriors, one of the best teams of all time and, and winning multiple championships. And then they had KD, of course. But this Suns team, the Toronto Raptors in 2019, a good team. There's not one person on that team that you thought, oh, my God, such a dominant superstar. This Suns team is just like that. And that I'm telling you, that's what the problem is for a lot of teams is that they don't have the depth. They, they can't go – one through eight on their roster because they rely so heavily on their star players. This team is not like that. And, yes, Chris Paul and Booker are going to pace the Suns team no matter what. But you have other contributors that help alleviate the pressure, that help you get the big leads that they showed in this round. And, I, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So what's to come? Well, and that's, you know, the question as we look forward to that Western Conference Finals. You know, the, both the Clippers and the Jazz are going to be there for a reason. They have that same capability. Now, granted, the Suns have done it in a different manner. We play better defense uh, in this playoff. But you look at the overall season standings, I mean, it, it's so funny to me how it all works out. You know, when the playoffs begin and there's all these different teams and there's all these different possibilities and you look at the end of everything and you look at the, you know, the opponent per game stats and you look at the best defenses left in the league, the best defensive less, best defenses left in the league are truly there you know the clippers the jazz uh the suns you know they're that's three of the top five teams left in the league and the lakers were one of them the suns banished them the the nuggets were just on the outside looking in they were a team that was the sixth best defense in the league so you know the the importance of defense does not get lost on uh you know just life liberty the pursuit of an nba championship for the Suns. so you know i i think i'll segue to a segment that uh, you know, both Matthew and I probably we, we typically do on our normal uh, Suns Jam Session podcast, but that's this segment. Thoughts. Um, brains. And that's when we talk about different things going on in the NBA and how it affects the Phoenix Suns. You know, 
you know, we've talked about the Western Conference, but let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Let's talk about some things that are going on in the NBA right now. Kyrie went down with a pretty bad ankle injury today, so that puts them down, both Kyrie and uh, James Harden, with KD left to hold the mantle for who knows how long. I think it really becomes uh, very vital, the availability of James Harden. But you look at that series, and I think that as Suns fans, we, do, we never want to get ahead of ourselves, right? But we're human. So we do. And we go, if we get through the Western Conference Finals, who is waiting for us on the other side? You have the, the Philadelphia 76ers playing the Hawks. You have the Nets playing the Bucks. The Nets blow the shit out of the Bucks the first two games. And now it's a tied series, gentlemen. Let me say, I wasn't laughing that you said KD got hurt. The chat noticed that I, I ran to the restroom, literally. And uh, that's why I was laughing at them We're, making comments sun, here. Sun's in four peaks. <laughs> so. But look, uh, you look at the path, and again, don't don't want to get cocky. Just just looking at the way things are. Confident. Path, you have to look forward, right? Right. It, yeah. You looking forward in the East. I the Seventy Sixers. Does that does that team scare anybody? When you look at the Seventy Sixers, does that to me that team doesn't doesn't scare me if, if I'm any team in the West, right? Uh, obviously, let's not even bother with Atlanta. What about not, Matisse Thibel on Booker? Because he had a fantastic... Yeah, couldn't care less. Yeah, and, and Ben Simmons is supposed to be one of the greatest defensive players. Whatever. All right, I, just, I don't buy it. I'm not buying that. It would be interesting to have the process versus the timeline in an NBA Finals because traditionalist heads will explode because tanking will have actually worked exactly the way that both franchises had hoped. So maybe I actually want that finals matchup, uh, you know, because then you'll also have two GMs who made that happen and Hinky and McDonough who aren't in the NBA anymore, whose draft picks are, are leading their way to face off in the NBA finals. But when I look at it, it comes down to that ne- Nets Bucks series, right? That's, that's really the Eastern conference finals there in all likelihood and it does come down to that Kyrie injury how long is he out how serious is it and if he's out for any extended period of time you can't argue the Bucks have the momentum back right if if Kyrie's out for that game five the Bucks very well may throw that knockout blow because we know how important game fives are and going up three two if Kyrie's out or seriously hobbled it's going to give the Bucks the advantage in that game. And that's, I actually would love to face the Bucks in the NBA finals because that's one last demon you got to slay in yes, the Bucks being the coin toss team that you'd have a chance to face. There's just something poetic about it. If this is a special season that it might end that way. And, and it's the team that came into the league the same exact year as you. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. It's like the revenge tour. Of, of sorts all of a sudden here for the Phoenix Suns. You know, I, I don't – I think after Kyrie's injury today, I think one thing that everybody in the NBA kind of stepped back and realizes it's anybody's ball game. It's anybody's ball game. If, if you're going to win an NBA championship, this is the year to do it. And the Phoenix Suns are coming along at just the right time. And for as many times as we have come along at just the wrong time, it's so poetic and – Man, you know, I, again, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. You're so excited. happy, Saul. It's I'm, so nice I, to see I, you so I'm, happy. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this team. You know what I mean? Even even if, you know, things don't work out, this team gave us a run like no other. 
and I'm, I'm proud of them, and, you know, it's exciting. And it's reunifying everybody. It's bringing Suns fans back to the fold that have been on the outskirts for so long because the last decade has sucked. You know what I mean? And so when you're looking around at Four Peaks today and you got the Suns fans everywhere, we're in the Valley gear, it just warms your heart, man. And shout out to all the different, uh, both Suns jamsters and Flaming Ballers who came up and said hi to us. You know, it was really special to, it's special to be around everybody. You know, I got a, I got a voicemail here from my pop, you know, and like that's, that's special to me. You know, he's going to talk about Phoenix Suns basketball. I've been telling, it's the guy who watched the, the team lose in 1976 to the Boston Celtics and it broke his heart. You know, it's like to have people re-engaged in this team is fantastic. And we know that there's a, there's a road ahead of us. There, there's a long way to go. You know, we have the Western Conference Finals. Uh, and, and again, it's nice that we get to sit back, relax, and just get to watch basketball the next few games objectively. Look for strengths. Look for weaknesses. Not live and die with every possession. Watch, you know, who, who the matchups could be. Because when you look at the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, you know, no matter what, every team's going to bring it for the same exact reason that the Suns are trying to bring it right now. You know, kudos to this team. Kudos to Chris Paul and his 37. Kudos to Denver to Devin Booker on his 34 points tonight. I mean, this team combined for 71 points from their guard play tonight. It was just unbelievably and utterly fantastic. And we have a long way to go. It's been a pleasure uh, being podcasters who come together and give you content after the games. And thank you for everybody who decides to join us right now. You know, we have over 400 people watching us live. It's unbelievable to see that this is, this is a team as we, we joked about it as we were watching the game today, you know, we won 19 games ladies and gentlemen, just two seasons ago. You know, we, we talk about the Suns as a team, right? But I think the Valley really is, is one giant team. You hear it in the arena. You see it on the streets now. This is exactly like it was back in 93. It's exactly like it was. People are, are, are spray-painting their cars, go Suns, instead of their kids' graduation from high school. It's beautiful to watch, and I think it's something that's going to continue on, and, we've and they've reinvigorated the Valley and it's just, it's again, uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen because it, it's only going to get better. And the games are only going to get more intense. And as we go along, people are going to get more and more excited. If you, if you weren't there in 93 for the parade, even after the Suns lost in the NBA Finals, it was crazy, crazy. And I expect the same thing to happen this season. It's, it, you know, again, I, I'm, I I'm feel, proud of the I feel like it's even more, too, because – not only are we going through this together as a fan base, right? But we just came out of something that was a, a true experience. We all had to go through with the pandemic. Right. And, you know, the two shows we've done, you know, in, in person that I've been a part of are two of the first times I've actually gone out and, and truly spent time with people. Like I'm, I, you know, and, and we've done these shows from walking closets and home offices and, and and not interacted in person like this. And I think that adds a whole nother level that we didn't have in 93. Sure. We came together around a son's team, but now, now we're like, Hey, we all get emerge from this and we're getting to enjoy this together. It, I think it's, I think it could be bigger than what we felt in 93 as a Valley. Plus now you've got 53 years of heartache that you're, you're trying to shed as well. I just, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. Well, and how appropriate is the tagline has become from we are the Valley to rally the Valley. And that's what's going on right now. The Valley is being rallied. Uh, random people, I, you know, I was sharing with you guys during the game. I'm, I'm getting random people texting me with their 
thoughts on the first quarter breakdown of the Suns play. And I'm just like, you know, it's fantastic. Like, thanks, thank you to everybody who decides to uh, join us for this podcast, whether you're watching us live on YouTube or you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a pleasure doing these podcasts with you gentlemen. It's a, it's a pleasure being here with all of our Suns fans. It's a pleasure experiencing this the way that we should as a community, as a people, as Tesla's points. We've been, we, we've been through so much in this past year. And have the Suns play the way that they are is, is truly taking this city and rising it from the ashes of the COVID-19 pandemic and uniting people in a way that I've never seen. And it's just unbelievably fantastic, and I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. I will say it is kind of weird after 11 years of, of how bad the Suns were. And when people saw you in Suns gears, they, they almost kind of gave you that look like, I feel sorry for you. And now like, oh, I want to talk about the game being played tonight. And you're like, what? And then you realize, oh, I'm wearing Suns gear. That's, that's what's going on here. You almost forget about that, that part of you're speaking a common language as a city again as well. So. Well, and tell me about that hat you're wearing real quick there, Espo, because that is a damn fine uh, hat. Hey, from, from your friends and, I tried to use the the discount code uh, in person, but I no, I didn't. But doesn't work. Uh, our friends, no. of, our friends over at Just Sports. I actually won this because uh, Sam Quinn, a CBS writer, said on Twitter back in October, "There's no way that uh, that CP3 will ever win a playoff series w- with that contract as a member of the Suns." And I said, "Want to bet?" Right, and I forgot about this. Right, but the internet. The internet has a memory like an elephant, right? They say elephants never forget. Well, as they were about to wrap up the Lakers, all these people started tweeting me, "You better, you better get get your, you know, get what you want." Because uh, Sam said, "I'll bet you a hat and fifty dollars to to our, whichever charity we choose if it doesn't happen, right? Or, or, or whoever wins." And you know, back in October, I said, "Yeah, sure, whatever." I, I didn't. I didn't think much of it, yeah, and everybody not? kept tweeting at me, "Hey, you better get your stuff from this guy." Within minutes after that Lakers series ended, he had ordered the hat. He donated even more to St. Vincent de Paul, and uh, props to him because most people would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, I was just talking, whatever. We're not doing this." But new hat from Just Sports, thanks to him. So, so thank you, Just Sports, and and thank you, gambling, because sometimes it does pay off. <laughs> Saul, any last words before we depart on this version of the podcast? No, I think I've been pretty cheesy all night. So, uh, no, I, I, again, I'm just excited. Those peach ales are hitting the head pretty good. I do, yeah. I, I think I've had like 10. So uh, I should probably pump the brakes on the orchard. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, it's been a pleasure doing this, guy, this with you guys, and I'm looking forward to the next round because we're about a week away from that. I'm sure game one's probably going to be next weekend, and we're going to be right back here doing the same thing. And it's going to be fun. Uh, but more importantly, hey, rally the Valley. Support this team because they deserve every little bit of your support. Um, and, and, again, like my friend Todd Walsh says, enjoy the ride. Look, I just assumed you were like this because the future misses is here. And if that's the case, I want her sitting next to you for every show because no, I appreciate it. I already ruined that about an hour ago when I said some vulgar <laughs> yes. expletive. Yes, you did. I, probably I gotta said. say, like the swear jar hasn't been touched this entire podcast. Hey, like, that why? is not true. That is not true. Did I miss that? You did. You know, Swears for yeah. kids has we, been taken we cuss, care of. We cuss plenty on this podcast. Already. Okay, I just uh, perhaps it's the four peaks in me, but uh, like it's natural vernacular for the, me to cuss. So 
we have built more homes for deserving children in this playoff run than anybody. Swears for Kids is the most lucrative charity that has ever been created. They are taken care of because of you gentlemen in this playoff run. I, you know, I've never heard this much cursing into microphones since, uh, you know, I think, I think it was probably uh, Eddie Murphy's stand-up special was the last time I've heard this much cursing into microphones. So. All right, Espo. Well, you're getting delirious over there, uh, and we fucking deserve it. So on that note, uh, on behalf of the Suns Jam Session podcast, this is a reminder to subscribe on YouTube and smash that like button while you're here. Uh, you can become an elite jamster or flaming baller by clicking the join button and following the link in the description. Uh, if you're watching on the Sun Solar Panel, do the same. Feel free to donate during the show. Subscribe, rate, and review via the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network for all of your favorite Phoenix Suns content. Uh, you can enter the show Suns Jam at checkout on any, your end, on, on any of your online orders for 15% off of your purchase. On behalf of Matthew Lissy, who wasn't feeling well, he had a sore throat and he couldn't make it tonight. Go home and love your family. Go Suns, baby. Down with Denver, let's go Suns. Everybody knows that we're going out of run. Nugs too fake, get a made of gold. Come to the value, y'all about to get rolled. Squad too strong, too far, too bold. When you face that heat, your team gonna fall. Saints are the Oracle, story foretold. We ain't buying, we a franchise sold. Champion dreams, better put them all hold. Cause the sun's too hot, your team too cold. Joker is a joke, make me go. Ha!